Hello, hello, and welcome to the Gardner Carney Leadership Institute podcast. The GCLI has developed a pedagogy of leadership which combines brain science, leadership studies, cultural competency, and developmental psychology. Its mission is to teach teachers to teach leadership to students. This is your go-to podcast for discussions, tips, and stories for leadership and leadership education. And I am your host, Catherine Birdie, but please call me Birdie. Our world is in dire need of people just like you, people who are committed to building communities of leaders, young and old. So let's get busy leading the next generation of leaders, and thank you for joining us. Hello, everyone. How are you? I hope wherever you are and whatever you are up to, you are doing well. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Birdie, and on behalf of the Gardner Carney Leadership Institute, I welcome you to the GCLI podcast. Today's guest is a breath of fresh air and a fount of wisdom, and I will be sure to link her past contributions to the GCLI blog in the show notes below. You'll definitely want to check them out. One includes a poignant lesson that she learned about asking for help from a rock. Yes. But the cliff note version of her bio is that our guest, the one and only Stephanie Nebel, is a fifth, sixth, and eighth grade science teacher. She's the science department chair and team level lead at the Elizabeth Morrow School in Inglewood, New Jersey. She's a geologist with degrees from Bryn Mawr and the University of Delaware, and she was the winner of the 2019 GCLI UPenn GSE scholarship where she received her master's degree in school leadership from the University of Pennsylvania. Some other fun facts are that she is a ski coach, an accomplished violinist, a ceramicist, a baker, and a self-proclaimed student of the world. It is with excitement and an abundant amount of curiosity that I bring you Stephanie Nebel to talk about middle school leadership. Welcome, Steph. Hi, Bernie. It's so great to be here today. And hello to everybody out there listening. Thank you so much for taking the time. Oh my gosh, the pleasure is mine. We're so excited to have you on the podcast. And from afar, I swear, I mean, your interests and talents are so diverse and you truly are known for bringing your complete self to everything that you do. So it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, before we talk about middle school education with all that you've done, what part of your personal journey um, has best prepared you to become a teacher? Yeah, you know, that's a really great question. You know, I, I started, we're, we're, we're going to be talking a lot about middle school leadership. And my first, um, I guess my first, the first time I dipped my toe into the waters of teaching, I was actually in eighth grade. Um, I served as a peer tutor and I really fell in love with teaching then. And it stuck with me for my entire journey. I did a whole bunch of teaching in college as well. And when I went to graduate school um, for geology, I, I really fell in love with the relationships that I was able to build. Um, so, so I think, I think the writing was definitely on the wall early on. Um, like, I think I was destined to become a teacher. Um, and I also think, you know, this, this idea of just being flexible and like that, that's something I learned in graduate school. It's like, you mm -hmm. can never really necessarily predict what your day will look like or what an expedition will look like. Um, and sometimes you have to pivot and that I feel like has really, really helped me, um, in teaching as well. Absolutely. There's never a dull moment. It's always an adventure. Yeah. 
I think we have a shared um, shared love for teaching middle school age students. Um, I find them particularly interesting because they have one toe in childhood and another toe, maybe a foot, in this amazing coming of age story that will set them up for the rest of their lives. And it's that that intersection, I think, that leadership education and leadership development is particularly effective and but and also very hard. Um, what are some tips or lessons that you've learned along the way for working with this age group? So that's a great question. Um, you know, I've I have I have found that coming to this work with a sense of humor and with a sense of flexibility um, is key because I mean, when, when you're dealing, I feel like with your, when you're dealing with children of all ages, young learners of all ages, um, you, you always, you always need to have that sense of humor and that flexibility because you know, the, the those two things I think are just really, really critical. Um, and I would say that um, that 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 just that mindset has just like has really really helped, um, and you know I I think that um, you know it just you always have to be you always have to be on the lookout for what GCLI taught me. Um, was like you always have to be looking for those moments, those teachable moments, um, because you can you can never really quite script them, right? It, they will always come in an unscripted moment, and and you just need to be aware of it. Yep. And um, you have to be on the lookout for it and be willing. Like that that's where the flexibility comes in. That's where the the sense of humor comes in. You have to be willing to pivot um, to to sort of meet that moment when it when it comes um and so i think that that has been important yeah yeah the pivot is so important and it's so easy to forget sometimes when you're in the middle of trying to get through a lesson or a unit and those unexpected moments come up that really when you handle it with a sense of humor it it makes everything so much better <laughs> oh my gosh but i had a long day of teaching today and it just um it's a great reminder that yes. you know. yeah no I I would I, I agree it's just it's I there will never I can plan and I can plan and I can plan and I can plan some more um, and there will always be something that just sort of catches me off guard or just keeps me on my toes um, and I think you know that's that's one of the reasons why teaching is so exciting right like there is not one day that looks like another day. Um, and it, that's, that's part of the reason why I love it so much, right? Because you do have the opportunities to, to try things and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't work. And sometimes you're pivoting on your toes. Um, and you know, you always have the next day or the next day after that. Um, so, so something that I always try and tell my students is that mistake making is part of the process. It's part of the process for me too. Um, and you know, like I'm responsible for making hundreds of decisions every day and every once in a while I get one of those decisions correct. 
Um, so I, I use that as part of the narrative of like, you know, I have, I have found myself where I am and I'm still making those mistakes. And those mistakes are just often what propels me to be better and to try new things. Um, so, so that, that I, I always find that that's really important to, to drive that message home. Like, Oh, absolutely. And they, you know, and, and remember in one of your blog posts, you called yourself a recovering perfectionist, I think, and with social media and just being social creatures in general, middle schoolers, I think they want to put themselves out there as perfect. And it's so refreshing to hear adults who they, I think they have to admire to some extent or another say, oh, it's okay to make a mistake. Let's, let's, let's work on this thing called perfection and, and reframe that narrative. I love that, that pivot that is just, it's incredible that you can so openly and vulnerably express those, those sentiments and in the, in those teachable moments. I mean, those two, that's really so much of the heart of the pedagogy of leadership, isn't it? Teachable moments and growth mindset. Wow. Yes. A hundred percent. Incredible. Well, and the Elizabeth Morris school is a two-year-old through eighth grade school, right? Yeah. Okay. So, which is an, a unique model and it, um, can you talk about what it calculus of leadership development that that model brings to your students? Sure. I mean, it's, 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 it's really the model that I am most familiar with. Like my educational trajectory, I, I went through, it was a kindergarten through eighth grade school, and then I went on to high school. Um, and, you know, part of the reason why I find that, you know, like ending in eighth grade is is so important and so um, and so special is because our, our middle schoolers are really they're they're the leaders of the school. Um, and I think that that's such a powerful message for students to receive. Um, because, you know, sometimes if, if you're in a, in a school that goes to, to 12th, they, they really talk about middle school as being, I, I don't know, the middle of the Oreo or something like that, that, that those, those, those opportunities for leadership while they are there, um, it's a little bit more muddled because there are older students, um, mm -hmm. in that model. So it's been, it's been really just, it's so interesting to see, you know, how our, how our older students, like our seventh and eighth graders really rise um, to, to, to fill the shoes or to fill the, the leadership shoes of the school. Um, and, you know, they, um, how they interact with the fifth graders and the sixth graders and, you know, even, even the seventh graders, it's, it's really just a joy um, to see that, to witness that, um, especially, you know, I, I, I taught many of these students in fifth grade. I see them coming into our middle school and then I get to see them on the way out. And just to, to see that, that educational journey and to see them on the path of who they're becoming is just, it's, it's a joy. It's so exciting. It, it is. It's such a privilege to, to see that growth yes. and hope that you had a little something to contribute to their leadership journey. I love that. Um, and I know that prior to the pandemic, the Elizabeth Morris School had dedicated programming for leadership development. But let's go back for a second to what we talked about with these teachable moments and 
growth mindset, um, it's often easy to forget that the the moments that might be most poignant and most critical are the ones that happen in the classroom. As a science teacher, what do you do to encourage leadership? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I I find myself thinking about that, like when when students are, for example, like they're doing a lab and they need to collaborate with a new partner. Um, my my fifth graders on Monday, they actually are gonna they're starting their unit on plant photosynthesis, and they they grow what are called fast plants. Um, and I I put them into new partnerships, like little groups of three, and just walking around the classroom as they're following through their little directions on how to go ahead and plant these seeds. Like it was, it was really, really cool to just see how the groups, you know, like sort of adapted to, to work with these, these new people. It was, it was, it was really neat. Like I went to one group and they're like, okay, you just had your turn to plant the seeds. And now we're going to go to the next person. And then we're going to go to the next person. So, so having those moments of just like my intention in that moment is for the students to to plant seeds and you know it it sets the pathway for them to to ask questions about plants and photosynthesis but to see these moments where it's just like they they settle into themselves and they're they're learning those skills of collaboration and communication is just is really really cool it's it's always so it's always so fun to see you know, like when, sometimes when you put kids into new groups, it can be just a little bit tricky and they're figuring things out. Um, and then slowly as they have the chance to, you know, figure out the new group dynamics to see them settle into their own is just really great. And it's really it's cool. Really and it doesn't necessarily need me at all, but it, it, I, I love seeing that. It's so cool. It really is cool. I think, and it's got to be really cool to see how they work in groups in fifth grade. And then again, in eighth grade, in my experience with fifth graders, they are wide open still, and they are, they don't edit themselves very much at all. But by the time they get to eighth grade, there is um, a level of, res they're more reserved and uh, a little more cautious. Um, so I think that is a wonderful example of how that can work in the regular classroom. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so here's another, can I share a story? Please share a story. So this, I'm not sure if it was earlier this week or last week. I can't quite remember. Um, but I mean, this, this is, this is a story that involves many different people. I play a very short cameo. Like I make a very short cameo in this. Um, but I was in my classroom with my eighth graders and I heard a knock on my door because my, my room enters to the outside. Um, there was a garden and the Elizabeth Mara school is on top of a hill. It has a really cool geologic history, but I'm going to save that for a later date. So there was a knock at the door and our middle school head, Eleni Sidarius is standing outside with a butterfly. So in our garden, we have milkweed. So one of the eighth graders had found a butterfly that had, uh, a monarch butterfly that had lost part of its wing. 
Um, and this eighth grader was really concerned about the monarch butterfly. And the reason that I entered into this is because they needed some sort of vessel to, to hold this butterfly. Because as it turns out, the first graders in our lower school are learning all about monarch butterflies. So our middle school had suggested she wanted to take this butterfly down to our first graders um, and they're in a completely different building and she really wanted the student to come with her. Um, and so I, I was I was the means to, to I, they needed a cup for me. So I, I gave them a cup <laughs> and then they, I sent them on their merry way. Um, and, you know, a couple of hours later, I was hearing all about how this now eighth grader who came up through our lower school um, was reunited with her amazing science teacher, um, Kara Mackinnon Moore, who's our wonderful little school science teacher, and how she actually got to speak with the first, first graders who are doing this project. It's like a problem-based learning project all about like, how do we save monarch butterflies and what a meaningful experience that was for her to both see her old teacher and to find herself as an eighth grader getting to address these these first first graders. Um, and I spoke with her today because I was like, I'm, I'm doing this thing this afternoon. Would you mind if I shared your story? And she's like, absolutely, go ahead. Um, and she was just, she's like, you don't know how meaningful that moment was to me. And then in the background, there were emails that went out about it. And, you know, like now this student who found this butterfly wants to do this project to see if there's some way she can figure out, like, can you repair an injury like this butterfly sustained such that the butterfly would be okay? Um, oh. There's just so many, there's so many amazing lessons, like, cause she's, she's in eighth grade. She's going to be leaving the school next year. Um, so, you know, as part of, part of the conversation that went on with the, with the teachers and the administrators behind the scenes was like, how do we, how, how, how can this be connected? Not to just, not just to what the first graders are doing, but like, how do we connect this to leadership? Can we connect this to leadership? Um, is there a bigger metaphor here? So, so like that was, that was a really cool that example. Is, of like, that's a very cool example. Oh my gosh. And I mean, we've, we've been using um, the metaphor of the butterfly effect in, in our, um, on our blog and just the ripple effects, but that, that also speaks to the flexibility that, um, that the Elizabeth Morrow school must have in, in, in being able to make those pivots and, and interrupt a, a first grade class to show them this cool butterfly and the, the opportunity that the student had to make that impromptu presentation. That's amazing. Yes. And, you know, I think it also speaks, I think it really speaks to the collaborative nature of this, right? Like my, my role in this was minuscule, right? They needed cups for me. And, but like all, all of the other conversations that happened behind the scenes and with the, you know, like, and, and the emails that went out afterwards and, you know, it, it just, it speaks to just how, how important it is um, to have those collaborative relationships. Yeah. Um, and I think about that with leadership. I think that about that, what I, like what I'm doing in my science classroom, like I collaborate with members of my department. I collaborate with the amazing people outside of my department, right? Because we're all really, 
we all come with this lens of expertise and, you know, like just ex like just exposing the students to one of those lenses is like you need all of these other voices at the table to, Absolutely. to be able to create something so much better for the so much better it's a culture and leadership as a binding agent through collaboration i think is incredible yeah. that's incredible it speaks highly of the culture that you have there Good. really really cool thank you for sharing that story it's oh, really you're welcome. cool well and i want to end with um the ending that you gave to an interview with winston for the blog it was in may of 2019 um, it was where you attributed a quotation to Mr. Fred Rogers from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And I love to think that this quotation is true, especially for middle schoolers. So if you'll indulge me, I'll read the quotation and then we can talk about it. Yes. So Fred Rogers said, there are three ways to ultimate success. The first way is to be kind. The second way is to be kind. The third way is to be kind. Can leadership really be that simple? Yeah, you know, I I think I think that's I think that's where we have to start, right? Like I, I think that you know, you you talked about this idea of 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 curiosity at the beginning as well. Like I, I think that we all yeah, I th I, I I think that kindness is key. I do too. Um, and you know, it's 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 really it's a lesson that I learned from my mother when I was, you know, like I was, I had started a new school in third grade. Um, I had a really hard time in third grade. I, I was the, I was the new kid and I, I, I didn't have many friends. Um, it was really hard for me to make friends at that point. And, you know, there was like a whole bunch of teasing and I would come home and I would probably be crying. And my mom would be like, you just have to be kind. Right. That's, that's her mantra. She's like, you're just gonna, you're just gonna shower everybody with kindness. Um, so, so that's really, that's something that I learned from a very young age that it's just like, I, you know, you, you might, I, I, I might have otherwise lashed out in different ways, but like my mother was that grounding influence of just like, you must be kind. Um, it's a lesson that I, I also learned from my father. So, you know, like I, I, I think about how important that is and it was important for me back then. It's doubly important now. Um, and, you know, I, I so so yes, <laughs> to I come agree. back to it, right? Like, I, you know, I know it's not quite that simple, but when you think about the developmental um, the, the traumas that can happen in elementary school and middle school where if only people were kind mm -hmm. and and then responding um with kindness yeah. uh to all of the things that the students encounter daily i mean i think it does start there i think you're right it isn't that simple but i think it does start there i love that response that's yeah. a great answer to that question and it's also like it's, it's something that i have to i have to remind myself of that sometimes of just like you know, it's the end of class and I really need the students to do something and like, I'll just be super stressed. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. start, start with kindness, right? Like, um, and, and there are moments that I just, I, I, I am not my best self as a teacher, right? And, and those are teachable moments for me. Um, and, and I think, you know, when it, when push, push comes to shove, like, it's just like, okay, 
let's let's take it back. And and it's been a lesson through COVID as well, right? Like, oh. you know, yes. How <laughs> just like resetting my expectations of like at the end of the day, I I want students to recognize. I want students to be curious. Number one. Mm -hmm. um, but I also just want them to recognize that they are cared for and that they are loved. And, you know, I, I think that, I think that from there, um, I, I think that that's, that's sort of, a, that's, that's my philosophy, right? Like that's, yeah. that's, and, and it took COVID for me to sort of reframe myself of like, you know, it's, it's not, it's it's important that they learn about science in my classroom, but it's not necessarily about like getting all of the things that I used to get in my curriculum into it. It's it's just like I I need them I need them to understand that they they are so valued to me, um, and it, you know it 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 springs from kindness. I think it so. does. It does. I mean, I think that reframe that COVID has given us, and in so many ways. Um, I never want to go back to quote unquote normal because that that reframe of kindness and compassion and safety and mm -hmm. humility and and love. I yes. think it's just it's it's beautiful. Well that we'll end on that note. How does that sound? I think kindness. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and your insight and your dedication to middle schoolers, your impact on this world is immeasurable. And I can't thank you for your time and absolutely infectious energy. Thank Great. you so much for being here. Thank you so much. It's, 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 it's been, it's been a thrill. Um, and I, I really appreciate having this time to just chat with you and, and to meet you as well. So it's, it's been fantastic. Well, so let, let's, let's, let's be the first of many. How about yes, that? Exactly. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much listeners. Thank you again for tuning in and until next time, everybody lead on. Bye. Thank y'all for joining us today and we'll see you in two weeks time. Until then, visit us at gcliadership.org and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You'll find all of our links at the bottom of our podcast. And until then, lead on.